Ladies and gentlemen, sit back and get comfortable. But not too comfortable. It's the WCHL Podcast with WCHL Commissioner Christopher Perry and Andrew Majorkirk. Well, 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 another season down the tubes, and we're back on the WCHL podcast. I am the Commissioner Christopher Perry, and on the other end of the line is my very best friend in all of the world, Andrew Majorkirth. Andrew, say hello to the peeps. Yo, yo, yo. Andrew, you are coming in loud and clear. Oh, it's I like, like it. you're It's like you're right here. I like it. Well, it, the people want to hear from me, so by golly, <laughs> here I am. Andrew, let's. Uh, can you believe it? A whole nother It's a, a another hockey season is. Uh, it's upon us. Heck, it's already started. The podcast. We tried to put it off as long as we possibly could, but uh, the the people, the masses, just demanded that you and I get back here on the uh, whatever the podcast waves are called, the airwaves. And uh, I just, it's hard to believe that, you know, geez, it's already been. What, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, six months has it been since St. Louis? Yeah, I, you know, if I'm I'm so excited. I, I am just tickled pink here tonight, you know? <laughs> You're excited for other reasons, and let's get right into that, because, Andrew, I would normally introduce you as my very best friend in all the world. He's the lead ice technician at the Blazers Ice Center. He's the general manager for the University of Oklahoma Hockey. And he's the lead pom-pom cheerleader for OU Hockey. And it's safe to say that since we last spoke, and I think we talked about it last on the uh, pod, on our very last podcast for last season, but yep. you're not any of those anymore. I am not any one of the above. No longer the, the general manager for OU Hockey. You're not affiliated with them in, in any way, shape, fashion, or form. Nope. And you're also not at the Blazers Ice Center anymore. I am no longer at Blazers Ice Center. I am a free agent. How a about that? A free agent. Now, do you still have? Do you still drive a Zamboni? That's what I want to know. Do you drive a Zamboni to to work? Whatever it is you're doing for work these days, do you still drive a I, Zam to work every day? I I no longer drive a Zamboni. <laughs> is that a promotion or is that not a promotion? I don't know. That all oh, that is one hundred percent a promotion right there in itself. <laughs> It is, it is. Oh, I'm telling you what. You're too much. All right, well, very good. So uh, so that means, I guess, Andrew, that you're unbiased. We can no, we can no longer have to walk on eggshells with you or when we discuss Oklahoma. We can't. We can that, take the kid gloves off. That is right. That is right. All right. I, uh, you know what? We, we, I know both of the guys that are running the program now. You know, you know both of them, one better than the other. Yep. So, you know, there's still a mutual respect there, but yeah, we don't have to, uh, all 10 teams are ripe for the picking now instead of just nine. <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. Well, Hey, let's talk about that at Oklahoma. Since we, uh, joined everybody last since the end of last season, there's been some changes there. Uh, yep. I know that we talked, um, and like the very last episode, I think it was about how the games, because of a new junior team that moved into Oklahoma city, all of Oklahoma's games are now going to have to be played at the same rink where UCO plays. 
And um, so that was where we ended things uh, since then. Uh, Oklahoma has a new head coach. They have a new general manager. Uh, their general manager is Brad Bassett. He's the father of one of the players on the team. Their head coach is an old uh, coach. Yep, familiar um, face. Familiar face. Peter Arvanitas has been uh, coaxed back out of retirement, if you will, to uh, lead the Sooners. And now they're playing their games up at uh, the Arctic Edge Ice Arena in Edmond. And so a lot of change coming with the Sooners. I, I, I'll tell you this, I've, and we can get into this more when we talk about the games, um, I expected, you know, you and I were in a room and where we kind of had to, where you, where you broke the news to the, to those kids. And a lot of kids said, Oh, I'm out of here. Screw this. Yeah. Uh, I was glad to see that a lot of those kids that, uh, you know, had some, uh, sharp words, uh, chose, chose to stick around. So, yeah, yeah. it was, and I, and I think, you know, it's a, it's a less than ideal situation having to play their games up at, uh, at, the Edmund rink where UCO plays, you know, that's not an ideal situation at all, but I think with an old familiar face behind the bench and kind of at the helm of it, I think that'll kind of settle the waters a little bit for those guys and kind of lead them in the right direction. You well, know? and he'll, yeah. And, and he'll bring a, uh, he'll, he'll get rid of the, the culture of entitlement that's gone through yes. there and he'll bring yes. in a, a culture of accountability and responsibility and, um, I, I, I think it's a, uh, it's a good move. I like Pete, uh, got to see him yeah. uh, the other day and, uh, he's, uh, he, I think he'll be, I think he'll be great for Oklahoma. He'll, he'll be the steady, the, the, the steady, uh, Oh, what am I trying to say? He's not going to be, he's just going to be the steady force that, that that program is yeah. going to need in order to, yeah, yeah to kind of, uh, yeah, get turn back. these waters and, and kind of get pointed in the right direction. Yeah, right? exactly. Come, come, you know, take them out of the free fall that they might be in. And yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so that's the big change that we've had here in the Western collegiate hockey league. We've got some other changes within, uh, the ACHA men's division one. And we probably ought to talk about that before we get, uh, before we get going too, too deep into this new season. Um, the biggest change I think is that two of the top five teams in ACHA men's division one are not playing this season. Yeah, here you go. Here, let me, you know what? I, you should have told me I was going to, that I could have done it. I would have got to my little sad trombone. You know the only other question I got for you before we get, there we go. The only other question I've got for you before we get too deep into this yep. is it's been six months. Did you hit the record button? <laughs> Andrew, I could tell you that we have been recording for approximately seven minutes. So yes, okay. thank you very much. Okay. All right. Just just want to check on you know, <laughs> you know, get those first first game jitters out of the way. Um, you, know? you know, yeah, got to loosen up. Got to uh, yeah. got to get rid of those summer bus legs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Hey, uh, Lindenwood and Iowa State are not playing uh, hockey this season, and uh, Iowa State—they're uh, both playing, not playing for different reasons. Iowa State has been suspended by their university and um it's not just the men's division one program but it's the division two and the division three all all of the men's programs yikes yeah and then uh here you know what i've I've got a i've got a little toy here ready here's here's what happened with iowa state really quick oh crap what happened (laughs) i I hit i hit a button and dig it here let's try it again (laughs) Oh man, it didn't go. Oh, here, here we go. Here we go. Ready? One, two, third time's a charm. I promise. 
There we go. That's what ha- that's what happened to Iowa State. Their university threw up the old stop sign, and they had to come to a screeching halt. Um, yeah. So uh, supposedly there were some complaints of hazing, and uh, that got the attention of the university. Some folks complained. Um, and it's my understanding from, from talking to folks kind of in the know up there, um, or, or that would have reason to know that those complaints more came from the division two guys and, um, they had more to do with, um, uh, you know, just stuff that's, oh, I don't know that I would call it hazing. You know, when I think, when I think of hazing, Andrew, I think of, you know, people having a, you know, run across the rink naked or, you know, crawl on their hands and knees and, you know, scrub the floor with a toothbrush or something. Yeah, and getting into stuff that's that's dangerous and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, or or you know, some something involving alcohol or or worse. This was supposedly you know having to pick up the pucks after practice and having to load the bags uh, yeah. on the bus, and you know that's kind of yeah. just normal. I'm I'm not gonna I don't I don't want to poo poo it, but you know, is is kind of the the newbie on the block. That's kind of some of the junk you got to put up with sometimes. Yeah, I mean it's you know. When you're at the pro level, the the rookies, the new guys, get puck duty and get bottle duty and and cleanup duty and and stuff like that, right? That's just you know when you're at this level and you've got kids that are coming and going and multiple levels playing in one arena and all that. If D two guys are out with D one guys, you know the less talented kids get to do more, right? The yeah. D one guys are like, hey, we're D one. You know, it's I don't know if I would. Consider that hazing. I mean, I would think that that would be more of a culture issue where maybe the head coach should have pulled everybody in and said, hey, you know, here's here's what's going on. Here's the complaints we've got. You know, we're not we're not hazing each other, nor are we going to continue operating this way. You know, if pucks need to be picked up, whoever the last guy on the ice is, pick them up. That sort of stuff, right? You know, yep. that's yep. that's that's a change that could have been made internally. That's not hazing, in my opinion. Well, and, and there was apparently some stuff on social media about people uh, drinking and, you know, at hockey houses up at Iowa State. And so that got people's attention. And then I think, yeah. the, I think the big thing, though, that happened up there was I don't think the university appreciated or understood how big Cyclone Hockey had gotten. And that it was a, uh, that it was a six figure, I'm not going to say industry, but it was a six figure business enterprise Mm -hmm. and that it was, uh, and I'm not saying that I'm not, I don't want anyone to think I'm saying there are any financial improprieties because it's my understanding they accounted for every single penny, but it was just the fact that there was a six figure budget that was really under the direction of one person who was in the sports recreation department, you know, compared to a, you know, the Tiddlywinks team that might have had a $50 budget and compared yeah. to the, you know, yarn club that might have had a $30 budget. And all of a sudden they've got this gigantic behemoth of a program that's, you know, dealing in hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And it's... so I think the university was shocked that the oversight for, uh, one was the same uh, as provided to all the others, and so they 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 took advantage of this uh, to kind of you know dial everything back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean a lot of people don't understand that too that 
you know, these programs, even though they're quote unquote club programs, you're, you're talking hundred, like you said, hundreds of thousands of dollars, right. To, to operate these and run these things. And, you know, unfortunately, most of the time, the higher level teams, the teams that are perennial top teams spend more money than the guys at the bottom of the heap, you know, and that's just kind of the way it works out. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's sad because, as you just said, you know, the higher-end teams, Iowa State played for the national championship twice, men's division yep. one. Iowa yep. State played for the men's national championship at men's division two, and the men's their men's three program played for the men's uh, national championship a couple of times. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's 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 not like they weren't having results. Um, yeah, and, and you think, I mean, it was a hundreds of thousand dollars operation, but how many hundreds of thousands of dollars was the Cyclone Hockey bringing into Iowa State, you there, know? There you go. Yeah, I well, mean, that, and that was the other thing, Andrew, is my understanding. The administration or the university, I guess it's fair to say, had no clue, none, that Cyclone Hockey was recruiting people to come to Ames, Iowa to play hockey. Yeah, and see, that's just that's just falling on, you know, somebody that's just a, completely ignoring it. You know, I they, mean, they they thought literally that these kids fell out of the sky and ended in Ames, Iowa, and oh, happened yeah. to by the way to play hockey. Yeah, yeah, that's just blind administration. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, come on, you, you've, you've, we've been to Ames, Iowa. Nobody goes there on <laughs> yeah. purpose. No, I mean, no, that's just yeah, that's just that's just blind, short sighted administration, in my opinion. Right. The, yep. Yep. Unfortunate. So, unfortunate. So all men's, uh, all three men's programs up at Iowa State are suspended. They haven't been, uh, they have not been uh, cleared to play, and uh, they're not going to get cleared to play this this season. Um, it's my understanding that um, the Iowa State men's uh, programs have been given some uh, parameters, some you know, stuff told what they need to do in order to get back in the good graces of the university. And if they get it done by the end of this fall semester that just started, if they get it done by December of 2022, the university will graciously allow them to get back on the ice in the spring for practices. Um, And, and then there's still a question of when they reform, uh, are they going to reform again at all three levels, or are they just going to get reformed uh, into one team? Yeah. And at what level will that one team play? Wow. So, yeah, and just from a practical standpoint, from now with wearing my commissioner hat, um, all the teams in the WCHL are going to have their conference schedule for next year uh, by Halloween. So the 2023-2024 Western Collegiate Hockey League schedule will be in the hands of of all 10 teams by October of this year um, or by the end of October of this year, I should say, which in, which means they can then start filling in with non-conference games. So when Iowa state eventually comes around and says, Hey guys, you're able to play. There may not be a place for them to play. Yeah. That'd be slim pickings, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's if they come back to men's division one. Yeah. Um, so, so anyways, they're, they're, they're kind of in a pickle and, um, you know, it's sad. Uh, Jason Fairman is a friend and he was yep. the head coach and he's obviously got, had some great success up there at Iowa state. And, uh, Dr. Alan Murdoch is another friend and he, you know, created that program. He's the, the, the godfather, uh, the doctor of hockey. I was going to say the, the ACHA trophy is named after him. There I you mean. go. And so it's, it's sad to see, um, what's happened up there. Um, we'll see what it, how how they come back if they come back. So, 
crazy crazy times crazy times well that the nice thing i guess the if, if there's any positive to that it's that it happened in um it happened in um the the team was suspended or the program was suspended in um uh april after nationals and the resolution or the suspension was actually handed down in late may so the kids in the program uh had options they could move around they could go to other places if they chose not to go to if they chose not to stay at iowa state the same cannot be said for lindenwood (laughs) lindenwood on august the first um announced that they were um, not going to field a men's division one team uh, this year that they were only going to field a men's division two team and that goes in direct conflict with what they were telling all of the men's division one folks for the longest time even even wow. up to nationals and and I'm, I'm not faulting them i'm just saying they waited a little later in the game to make this announcement Color, color me shocked that that didn't go as planned. <laughs> and, and, and I get why they did it. I totally get why they did it because they don't want any confusion between the NCAA D1 program or in the and yeah. ACHA D1 program. So now they clearly have an NCAA D1 program and they clearly have an ACHA program, but it's Division Two. So there's no opportunity for confusion. Um, Arizona State did it uh, a year uh, or the year that they went NCAA. Their ACHA program just shut down uh, for a year, their D1 program. Now, the difference being in in Penn State, Penn State, um, they, you know, they just got rid of their uh, D1 program and only played Division II, and that's where they are right now. The difference between Penn State, Arizona State, and Lindenwood is there was some planning and some forethought put into it by Penn State. There was some planning and forethought put into it by Arizona State. This Lindenwood thing was very last minute. Yeah, that, well, the whole the whole thing's kind of been shaky from the get go, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and I'm not knocking them. I'm just it's just uh, that it came late in the game or or late in the in the summer, and as a result. Um, folks have had to scramble, including, yeah. you know, the, some of the Oklahoma teams have had to scramble. Some of the, uh, teams that were in their conference have had to scramble. Um, in fact, their conference has just kind of gone to, uh, yeah, top to the top to bottom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that conference that they were in the central States, uh, collegiate hockey league, the CSCHL, it had five teams in it that were, it had Iowa state, Lindenwood, Illinois, Ohio and Robert Morris University, which is now known as Roosevelt, and all five of those teams at one point over the past few years have been in the top fifteen. Yep. Heck, Illinois won the national championship two or three times, uh, twice. Um, Iowa State's won it, I think, once. They had to, I think, they won it twice, but they had to give one of them back due to a irregularity. <laughs> um, Lindawood, I think, has now won it three times. Uh, maybe four, um, and then uh, Ohio's one of the a few times, and Robert Morris played for the national championship a couple of times. Yep. So I mean, storied, storied, storied league. Now fast forward to 2022. Uh, Iowa State's a- gone. Lindenwood's gone. Rose, uh, Robert Morris is now known as Roosevelt. They actually left the conference, and now they're playing in the Great Lakes League. Um, which is a Michigan-based league. And Maryville from my B conference joined the central states league thinking the grass was greener right that they were not not so green yeah and illinois i mean let's illinois right now is kind of up in the air they don't you know they're 
They're causing, uh, they, they have yet to find a coach. Their head coach left over the summer and went back really? to, yes, Nick Fabrini, um, went back to his high school alma mater at Bishop Fenwick in uh, Chicago and is now the director of hockey up there. And, uh, and so Illinois has kind of been, uh, uh, well, they're, they've been, you know, searching for a head coach now for a little while and I've, you know, they've offered it to some folks, those folks have turned it down. And, uh, it's my understanding huh. that, uh, for, uh, their former coach, Chad Castle, um, who coached last coached U of I like 10 years ago has, uh, has agreed to come back on an interim basis. Uh, but right now they don't have bodies. Um, you know, last I've heard they had like 16 skaters and two goalies. Mm, interesting. So there's a possibility they might not even be able to field the team this year. Interesting. So it's, huh? uh, Mary, Maryville and Ohio might just have to battle it out between the two of them. Yeah. And you know, there may not be, let's say Lindenwood decides to come back. Let's yeah. say Illinois can't play for whatever reason or chooses not to play. Uh, and Iowa State tries to come. I mean, there may not be a, a place for them to come back to because yep. Ohio and Maryville might just sit there and give everybody the stone cold salute and say, I'm out of here and we're going to go do our own thing. We can't, yep. we can't, can't wait can't on you three this. to figure it out. Yep. So we'll see. Huh. So those are, those are some of the changes that we've had. But Andrew, you know what's one constant? <laughs> yeah this podcast yeah it, here here it, we are it's still as crappy as ever <laughs> here we are I'm tell, yeah you know it's still chris it's still andrew it's uh you know you're still gonna get we're still not hockey guys no nope. we you know don't know what we're talking about 99 percent of the time so uh it's, anyways it's it's funny to me how the the non hockey guys are the guys with the most common sense. <laughs> well, I, I, I just I just find that interesting, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, Andrew, the the Western Collegiate League, we actually did very well last year. Yeah. Uh, four teams made it to the national tournament up in St. Louis. Um, Arizona and Missouri State uh, made it into the tournament. Arizona lost in the first round. I forget who they played. Uh, it was a like a two to one game or a one to nothing game. It was a one goal game. I just remember that Missouri State played Adrian, and it was uh, yeah, it was not a one goal game. Their minds were elsewhere. <laughs> they were yeah, they were not ready to go to play the nationals, but they made it. UNLV and UCO both made it to the final four, and unfortunately, made they made a run at it. Yeah, unfortunately, they had to play one another in the final four. Um, UCO ended up winning, and UCO then played for the um, uh, national championship against Lindenwood, the eventual national champion. And UCO gave them a run for their money. Uh, yeah, it was a tight, tight game up until the uh, through the first two periods, and then uh, you know the depth and the talent of Lindenwood just uh, took over in the third period, and a close three yeah, to three. I mean- score was then blown up into an eight to three game or something like that it was yeah i mean you're talking lindenwood showed up with ncaa d1 kids on yeah, the roster right yeah, i mean yeah. even though they're not top in ncaa division one talent kids it's still there's there's a little bit of a separation and talent gap there right and uh size and know. talent and speed yeah so you know, kudos to UCO for hanging in as long as they did, right? I mean, that was that was a tall task, a tall a tall tale to get by, right there. You know. Yep, yep. They did they did very well. UCO the uh, they they won the, our conference last year, uh, so they won the uh, WCHL Champions Cup, 
And uh, Missouri State, Nevada, Las Vegas tied for uh, second place. Arizona was in fourth place. Then, uh, then we had Utah, Arizona State, Colorado, Colorado State, Grand Canyon, and Oklahoma uh, finished in tenth in the conference. And so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. I think just from uh, we'll, we'll talk about it here in a second, but I think that uh, some stuff might change and some stuff might be the same. But uh, for 2022 and 2023, and what I mean by that is, I think some folks are, that we think are going to be beasts and butt kickers are still going to be beasts and butt kickers but then some of the the teams that are kind of you know that 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 were in the middle or at the end of the pack are going to improve and surprise some people so i i don't think the conference has weakened i think it's only getting better oh no no doubt and i fully recognize that i'm i'm 100 percent biased so <laughs> all right yeah. andrew what do you think do you think we're in we think we're in ready for for a quick break or something Sure, sure. Let's throw one in there. All right. I'm going to do, I'm going to, you know, I've got this toy that I'm playing with. <laughs> um, but uh, let, let's go back to some golden oldies and then we'll come, uh, we'll come right back and we'll talk about this upcoming season and uh, some fun things ahead and we'll get some predictions. Sound like a plan? Sounds good to me. Let's do it. One, drop your glove. Two, catch jersey. Three, over the head. And where I'm from, we call this the Inglewood Jack. What I say? That's the way. Inglewood Jack. Yeah. Inglewood Jack. Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey. Hey, Andrew. Yo. Hold on. Let's. I like this. This is a fun one. <laughs> Whoa, I like that one. It reminds oh, that, me of my childhood right there. Doesn't it really? I mean, come on. <laughs> when you hear that? Oh, a don't you, of, you think of the little robot maid coming to answer the door and Yeah, yeah. Leroy and uh George and Judy? all the Judy, the whole cast and crew. Yeah. 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 Reminds me of my childhood. Lots um, of here. lots of Jetsons and a lot of Flintstones. Here, here's another one. Oh, hey, you said the Flintstones. Here, here's another one. Another Jetsons. <laughs> That's that's us on our way to Marlboro, Massachusetts this year, because oh, that's where Nationals is going to be. Andrew, it's in uh, suburban Boston. It's Marlboro is kind of uh, oh, it's the more to Worcester, if you will. It's the it's the uh, oh, it's the Peoria to to Worcester. It's Marlboro's not not a great gigantic town. It's but it's about twenty miles to uh, maybe twenty five to the west of Boston proper, and it's right on the Mass Pike. The Nationals this year are going to be um, at the New England Sports Center. It's all going to be all five divisions all at the same time. The New England Sports Center, it's my understanding, has like six or seven rinks. It might even have more. Uh, they have one. Um, I know arena type of a rink or some, it's very similar to the edge in Bensonville or to the, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a clamshell type of a type of a, a setup, meaning it's, it'll have, it, it won't be the, the big arena that we feel that we had at St. Louis or that we had down in Frisco, but it'll be more ACHA, if you will, more clubby. The, uh, they they couldn't have got it any more centrally located for all the teams in the ACHA <laughs> this year. 
you know, for, for, Holy all, smokes. for all the all the people that that moaned and groaned about going to Frisco back in 2018 and 2019, oh. yeah, they're oh. you you should uh, they're they're going to uh, uh, Boston, Massachusetts. We'll be oh. able to get some lobster rolls. Oh, you can keep them. Oh, come on, and oh. uh, some fried clams. Oh. oh, I'm telling you what, I'm looking forward to uh, getting up there and having some. Uh, you know, having some grinders, some real, you know, the subs down here. Yeah. No, I'm in on that, but yeah. you can keep your lobster roll. Oh, oh, I just love it. Hey, the Nationals this year, the um, and for the next four, uh, five years, the ACHA has entered into a deal where Nationals is going to be, uh, we have a naming sponsor, a naming rights type of a thing. Flow Sports has entered into a deal with the ACHA to be the name sponsor for the event and it's actually going to be called the acha national championships presented by flow hockey flow sports has uh they do all sorts of broadcasts for uh, a lot of collegiate sports and so they have flow softball and flow football and we are now under flow hockey so it's the ACH from now on, Andrew. We have to make sure that we do this properly. It's the ACHA National Championships presented by Flow Hockey. Eh, I wonder if that's the same guys that are Flow Racing. I, th- I th- if it's F L O, then I think so. I, I think it is. Yeah, they do a pretty good job. So okay. uh, yeah, now I and I know because I've watched some Flow softball before when they do some of these uh, events from the. Uh, like when teams go out, to, NCAA teams go out to California and play in these uh, classic tournaments that they have, and they're on like municipal diamonds or something. They get yeah. you know one camera or a cell phone out there to do the broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. on Flow Softball. Yep. So <laughs> uh, you know it's all under the same umbrella. Flow Sports has bought Hockey Tech. While we use the ACHA uses Hockey Tech for our website, we use Hockey Tech for our stat system. It's called League Stat. And we use Hockey Tech for our TV broadcast. It was under the name of Hockey TV. But now everything is going to be under, we'll still use uh, League Stat, but all the video, the visuals, all that jank uh, is going to be a flow hockey. Awesome. Well, as long as, you know, and this is probably not going to be a real uh, popular opinion, and it may be, I don't know. Uh Uh-oh. As long as as we don't have to listen to those jokers from St. Louis again. (laughs) at nationals this year it'll be it'll be way better i'm just saying here hold on hold on ready (laughs) hot take hot take andrew (laughs) yeah (laughs) i uh i had a coach recently ask me who those jokers from st louis were (laughs) oh boy they they were revisiting a, a a painful event and i was like i don't know who they are i i I sat next to them and i didn't recognize them at all after after this goes live tomorrow, just remember if you have any questions, inquiries, complaints, anything like that, it's C Perry at WesternCHL.com. <laughs> We're gonna have so much fun with that stupid horn. I'm telling you what. All right. Uh, now now I need to get the guy I need to find that uh the guy that says bing bong. And <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we'll do the rap horn and have him come on and say bing bong. Uh, Hey, uh, the last date this season to uh, for games to count, it's uh, always 18 days before the national tournament starts. So the national tournament is March 16th. Count back 18 days means Sunday, February 26th is the last day for games to count uh, towards the national rankings. 
So, um, if in reality, that's going to be that's going to mean it's Saturday, February twenty fifth for most of us. But uh, yeah. just know that we've got uh, we talked about the two teams that have left men's Division One, Lindenwood and Iowa State this season. There are four new teams to uh, men's Division One, and I think we've talked about them before. But it's Oregon and San Diego State out here in the West. Yep, um, and they'll both play as independents. Um, we have, uh, Purdue Northwest is joining from men's division two. They're going to join the great lakes league, which is based out of Michigan. And since they're kind of right on the, they're, they're right at the Southern tip. They're in suburban Chicago, uh, down on the Indiana side of things. So, uh, that that's close enough for the Michigan teams. And then we have the college of New Jersey, which is joining the NECHL, which is that terrible conference out of uh, New York. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, you know what? Here, hold on. Here, let's see. Oh. I got to back up here. Don't, don't tell me you're gonna... I'm going to, I'm going to try to be better this season, Andrew. Don't, don't tell me you're going to try to be politically correct this season. I am. I am. Uh, and this, this thing's really going to go to the toilet. <laughs> You know, because, come on, those guys still play hockey. I mean, just because they're at the tail end of the rankings doesn't mean that they're not trying. So They are they are trying. That's We'll give them that. There you go. Uh, so uh, the College of New Jersey is joining the Northeastern Collegiate Hockey League. And then we've had some other shuffling. Maryville, as I said, they left my B conference, MCH, and they're now in the CSCHL. Trust me, I'm having tremendous fun and I'm del- it's the the irony is just delicious. I give it to uh, Coach John Hogan as much as I possibly can uh, <laughs> about how he left the my B conference for supposedly greener pastures, and it's kind of gone to poop right now. So yeah, that decision's not looking so hot, is it? Yeah, and then we talked about we were talking about Roosevelt, Robert Morris. They left to go to the Great Lakes League, so there's been a little bit of shuffling going on. We've got uh, an exciting event, Andrew, that you actually helped me out with, and actually yep. uh, you helped for a little bit. And then Coach Mike Rivera from Central Oklahoma was instrumental in making this happen, uh, and it's his baby. It's his event. It's I'm, I'm calling it the Battle at the Edge, uh, just because I can't stand. Uh, well, just because I got to call stupid things, stupid things. <laughs> uh, I got to give stupid names to things. Um, on January 13th, 14th, and 15th of 2023 of Martin Luther King weekend, um, rinks typically, and Andrew, you can attest to this since you used to be a rink guy. You're not a uh-huh. hockey guy, but you used to be a rink guy. Totally. Um, on Martin Luther King uh, Day, the the weekend, MLK weekend, rinks are either super busy or they're super dead, one or the yep. other. Yep, one or the other. And that's because, uh, because why? Tell us why. Youth hockey, baby. Youth hockey, they have tournaments all over the place. And where do the teams from Oklahoma usually go? They usually go Dallas, you know, Denver, Chicago. Kansas you know, City, Nashville, yeah, they go, they they spread out. They go to MLK tournaments all over the place. I know uh, when I have to do the scheduling, I know that there are certain rinks in our conference that are not available on MLK weekend. Um, Arizona Ice Arcadia, where Grand Canyon plays, uh, the Salt Lake City Sports Complex, where Utah plays. They're busy because they have these youth tournaments going on. And because the Oklahoma rink is uh, the Arctic Hmm. Edge Ice Arena, because it's open, uh, because all those Oklahoma teams leave 
we, Michael Rivera and, uh, you know, approached and said, hey, you know, could we get a little like a mini showcase going on? And so uh, we got a little mini showcase going on. It's uh, like I said, I was calling it the Battle at the Edge. It's yep. going to involve six teams, men's division one teams, UCO, Oklahoma, the newcomer, University of Oregon, Midland University out of Nebraska, Minot State, the uh, the two time national champion Minot State, and Illinois State from. Uh, Where's Illinois State? Oh, they're from Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington, Indiana? Oh, Bloomington, uh, Illinois, I'm Illinois. sorry. Illinois, yeah, yes. yeah. Illinois, That's why they're yeah. Illinois State. Come on, Chris. <laughs> yeah. You could, we're all, proving we're already <laughs> crappy. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we had we had Lindenwood lined up there, and then, well, you remember, August 1st came, and they announced they're not playing anymore. Yeah, pulled, pulled the shoot on you. Yeah, so we had to uh, scramble at the last minute, got Illinois State to... Uh, slip into their spot and um and it's it's going to be a great event because that's going to allow i mean if you if you look at it just from just from a uh, uh a rankings perspective we have uco and minot state two teams that went to nationals we have midland that got was one of the teams that got bumped for nationals yeah we have Illinois State that's an up-and-comer, and then we have two teams that are, uh, well, Oregon's a brand-newcomer, and OU's trying to regain their past glory. Yep. So um, three games in three days, and it's going to be kind of uh, kind of wild. UCO, I believe, is going to play Oregon, um, Minot State, and I believe they have Midland. And I think Oklahoma is going to get Oregon, Minot State, and Illinois State. There you no, go. I have the schedule right in front of me. I had to look at that. Here we <laughs> go. Jeez, what an, what an idiot I am. Okay, so Oregon plays Central Oklahoma, and do 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 do. Oregon. Let's see. Central Oklahoma also plays Minot. Central Oklahoma plays Midland. So I was right. And then hey. Oklahoma plays Illinois State. They'll play Minot State, and then they'll play. Um, Oh, where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? They play Illinois State. What do they miss? Oh, they're, they're going to play Oregon as well, I think. Um, maybe I missed it. Minot. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry. They're going to play Midland. That's what it is. Midland. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. Midland, Minot State, Illinois State. There you go. There you yeah. go. They're going to miss. Uh, or so Oregon. If I'm looking at it here, Oregon gets UCO. They're going to get Midland, and then they get Illinois State. So that, it'll be, be a uh, tough little. That'll be a tough little matchup for them. Yeah, three games in three days for everybody. And the the nice thing is everybody's going to have a chance to win. There's no no team that's coming up uh, that's going to participate in the event that's going to just be the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Um, you know when we used to have the showcase down in uh, or up in Springfield, uh, Illinois, or Youngstown, Ohio, or even up in Rochester, New York, there was 20 teams, and there was you know there was like I don't know, a half dozen just monster teams. And then there yeah. was, you know, some teams that were, you know, just the, the Christians that were getting thrown to the, to the lions, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. 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 And no, there, yeah. we don't have that here. No, I, I think that's a good little lineup for the first, for the first uh, showcase here. Right. Yep. Yeah. The good thing about it is, is, you know, if it's, if it's done right and it's run right, Oklahoma city's centrally located so it's going to be easy to get four other teams to come in and play over a weekend like that, right? Because kids aren't in school at that time, so it's easy travel. 
you know, if you if you fly, it's easy to fly into Oklahoma City and and get to the arenas and get back out of town. You know, yep. It's it's got a lot of appeal to it, in my opinion. It does, and I'll tell you this, Andrew. Um, there are some teams that have already reached out about participating next year in the twenty three twenty four season. Yep. And um, I'm not necessarily wed to playing it here in Oklahoma. Yeah, um, no, he, there are people that have offered uh, some pretty sweet rink arrangements. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, you know, there's there's some arenas here within driving distance of Oklahoma City that you know makes travel just as easy. And you know, maybe you go an eight team tournament next year. You know, expand it by two. You might. The, uh, yep. The one the one thing I I did when I was helping out heavily with the uh, with our Warriors. Um, veteran team here in Oklahoma City we did a tournament and I told them I said you know they wanted to go grandioso with it you know 10 teams and all of this and I said you know what guys I said keep it small on your first one small is easy to contain small is easy to manage you do it right everybody has a great feeling about it when they leave and then year two expand a little bit year three expand a little bit after that you know but make sure everybody has a good feeling about what they've done and they'll keep coming back and more people want to join in. Right. Yep. That's what we're trying to do here. And it's We're trying to do this for some cross pollination for the ranking purposes. Yeah. Because if you play all the teams uh, in your conference and your schedule is just limited to conference games, you, your ranking doesn't necessarily improve it, it. It'll, it'll plateau at a certain level. Whereas the things that really bump you up to the next level are when you play non-conference games and more importantly, when you win those. Mm-hmm. And, um, so the idea was let's get some, you know, some non-conference opportunities for teams during a open weekend and see if we can't make something happen. And, uh, I, I think we've, we started off with six is just right. And uh, again, yeah. Michael, uh, Coach Rivera up at UCO was instrumental in uh, getting this thing uh, off the ground. And it's it's his bit. We should probably call it the, the battle for Rivera's edge more than anything. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see what, what happens next year. We might go to, you know, eight teams. We might go to, uh, I just want to make sure that we get, uh, that we that we get enough uh, where where people would want to come and participate, and I hope that what really happens is people see the benefit in the rankings right. after yep. this is done. So they'll go, oh hey, so and so really rocketed up after playing these three games in three days on yeah. this weekend. So we want to be a part of that next year. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we've all been around nationals enough too that we know how to run it behind the scenes as far as getting rosters in and getting teams in the building and, and getting them prepared and getting them on the ice and what the expectations are and all that. This is, this should be easy to do, right? I might lean on you during that weekend. You're making it sound so easy. I might lean on you. You might have to come back and work at a rink. I I have plans of, uh, like you said earlier, cleaning out my sock drawer. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of eyeballing that weekend. Hey, we do, we do not, <laughs> you're too much, you're too much. Hey, we don't have, um, I'm like I talked earlier about the schedule for the 23-24 season. Um, teams will have that in their in their hand at the very least by uh, October, uh, by Halloween, October 31st. But the uh, it's kind of a frustrating thing right now, Andrew, because the tent pole, the thing that drives... Uh, the scheduling is nationals, knowing where it is, but more importantly, mm-hmm. when it is, because we work backwards from it. 
as I said, Nationals is on a particular day, 18 days from then, or before then is the last day for games to count. There are certain conferences where their playoffs send the auto bid, the playoff champion to get the auto bid. So those that means those playoffs have to be on within that uh, before that 18-day uh, window starts to open up. And uh, right now we just don't have, there. the ACHA has not yet uh, figured out where it's going to hold the 2024 National Tournament, and they haven't figured out the dates. Oh, boy. So what I've done is, um, my, my, our teams will be okay, uh, because what I've done is I've just taken the, the normal dates, if you will, that we would, you know, I, I took a peek at the calendar and I said, hey. This is what we're dealing with. Um, this is when we normally we would think about going uh, for uh, for school. I, I mean, for for nationals. So here's what we're. I, I can do a guesstimate, and so my rough guesstimate is is that nationals will be at least that I'm planning for it is nationals in 2024 will be March 7th through the 12th, which means 18 days before would put uh, February 18th as the last weekend. There you go. So. A little bit earlier. A little bit earlier, but more importantly, if the if for whatever reason uh, the ACHA decides that, hey, Nationals is going to be March, uh, instead of being the 7th through the 12th, it's going to be the 14th through the 19th, I can always add in a weekend yeah, as opposed to having to take one take out. Away. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, just, you know, a little, little bit of thinking from the dumb commissioner here. <laughs> the, uh, the, the I can tell you this, um, you know, I don't know where it's going to be, but the uh, places that are being talked about are Pittsburgh, um, Tampa, um, uh, Anaheim, and St. Louis. Um, I'll tell you uh, just my personal pre- – if, if it's in Pittsburgh, it's going to be like the Nationals event was in Columbus and in Dallas. It's going to be yeah. in different venues, different places. It won't be like it was in St. Louis or like it will be in, in uh, Boston, which all the games will be played at one location so or one facility. Um, Tampa, if it, were, if it were to be in Tampa, that's, it would all be in one facility, the, the big rink down there at, US, at uh, Wesley Chapel. Um, I hope like heck it's not there. I, I would rather I, – I voted for uh, – I voted for Pittsburgh and then St. Louis. The St. Louis concern is they're hosting the NCAA regionals, um, and they want to make sure that our event doesn't conflict with theirs. And we're like, yeah. you know, what do we care? We'll play with the NCAA logo on the ice. What do we care? I mean, yeah. ice is ice. We just want to be able to play. We're going to get out of your way. And uh, if anything, we could be we can be a kind of a stress test for uh, your NCAA, you know, knuckleheads. But whatever. Pit- Pittsburgh wouldn't be bad. It's centrally located. A lot of a lot of teams are kind of around that area, right? Make it easy to get to and yep. easy easy place to get in and out of for the Western guys. They, uh, you know, I, I see Tampa and Anaheim on the list, and you know, I see dollar signs getting to those places. Oh yeah, can, can, you know? we we all heard the gritching and moaning for Dallas, and now we're hearing it this year for Boston. So uh, yeah, I can, only, I can only imagine Anaheim. Holy yeah, can you? Uh, imagine, I mean, Anaheim would be cool, but and, and same thing with Tampa. I'm sure it would be cool, but we're not going. No one's going to sightsee, right? We're going to play yeah. hockey. Yeah, and um, yeah, can you imagine the cost from uh, Arizona to uh, to to Tampa or uh, uh, yeah? I mean, it's or, 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 or one of the uh, or Stony uh, Brook, New York to Anaheim. 
Yeah, I was going to say Stony Brook or like a Liberty, something like that, that's on the Far East Coast, making it all the way over to, yeah. the, to the West Coast. I mean, holy. No, thank yeah, you. I would, I would say Pittsburgh or St. Louis is probably your better options. I, I like Pittsburgh myself. Um, we were just in St. Louis, and heck, if, if I could, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind having it permanently in St. Louis because that was just a wonderful facility and an easy drive for most of us. Uh, nice facility, and it's centrally located for everybody, right? Yeah. I don't I yep. don't think the guys in the East can, can gripe too much. And I don't think the guys in the West can gripe too much, you know? And it was, uh, it was a, in terms of the facility itself, it was wonderful. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, locker room space and just amenities that were made available to teams and to the ACHA staff that actually ran the thing. So it was, uh, it was pretty slick. And so I wouldn't mind St. Louis. I think the Pittsburgh thing is, uh, I think the Pittsburgh thing is, you know, just for, for lack of a better, we, we haven't been in a while. Uh, we haven't been to Pittsburgh in a long time. So, yeah. uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I also wouldn't mind being able to go get one of those fancy Promonte sandwiches, Promonte Brothers sandwiches. <laughs> so, you know, I'm always thinking with my belly. So uh, anyways, uh, so that's, oh, that's, boy. that's what we're looking at. And uh, hopefully we'll get some clarity on that. Probably by middle of October, which is just way too late. But um, you know, hey, we all we can do is all we can do. So yeah, you can only only play with the hand you're dealt, right? There you go, there you go. All right, Andrew. Hey, let's take another quick little break. I'm gonna hit two. Uh, I'm gonna hit two, two, two um, little buttons, and then let's get some predictions from you. What do you say? Sounds like a deal to me. Here we go. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is um, like that. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And um, there's a penalty for that? Yeah. Uh, and for a trip also, you know, oh. like that. And mm-hmm. for hook like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, for spear, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. All bad. Bad. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you get free. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. We always got to end up with Chance the Rapper, huh? Yeah, totally. I always like that. Okay, Andrew, here. you know what? I got to hit my button again. All right, Andrew, it's your turn for predictions for the conference. I told you how it was in the Western Collegiate Hockey League. Um, Central Oklahoma won it last year. They, it was a tight race, beating out Missouri State and UNLV. It was tied at the top. Tied at the top. And just for, for behind the scenes, I've, I put out today the preseason, uh, or I put out the ballots for the preseason poll. So later on this week, we should have the preseason poll from the coaches back. I've already received it back from one, two, three people, I think. Yeah, three. So uh, let's, let's, your, your predictions won't count in the rankings, but they'll count for our purposes here on the WCHL podcast. Andrew, who do you see? Winning the conference this season. I say finishing Umero Numero Uno. I like Umero Nuno. <laughs> yeah, be better. Ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah, tongue-tied there. The uh, Numero Uno would be UCO. Really? I do, I do. All right. Until you take the big dogs down, we're going to leave them up there. Yep. Yeah. all right, UCO. And then who's going to be chasing them there? I'm going to say number two is UNLV. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, those are, those are two of the top four teams that made it to uh, the Final Four. And if you look at uh, what's happened here over the summer, I mean, UNLV has, 
announced that they're bringing in a lot of kids, a lot of NCAA uh, Division One transfers. And uh, UCO, I know, has brought in the uh, MVP from the B Conference out of Midland, um, Andre Blaha. So uh, UCO is, you know, they've. I think both those teams are are, are easy, solid picks, and they're interchangeable. Yep. One, two. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think you know UCO's. They've got the experience, so you know. And like I said, until you until you knock the big dogs off, I don't see why we would why we would move them around, right? All right. So who do you have after that? I have number three, Missouri State. Okay. And then number four is going to be a surprise for you, Utah. Utah. Wow. All right. AJ Bolden and Morgan Feeney will love hearing that. The uh, I'm going to say number five is Arizona, followed by Arizona State. Yeah. At number six, and then seven, eight, nine, and ten is going to be some combination of the <laughs> remainders of Colorado, Colorado State, Grand Canyon, and OU. <laughs> you way to take the easy way out there at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last four are just going to be throw them on the wall, and we'll. However, it turns yeah. out that's how I meant yeah. it. I mean, I think all those teams this past season finished within what four percentage points of each other. I mean, yeah. Five percentage points. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's those bottom four are going to be interchangeable. I, I believe so. Well, I, I, I like your predictions. Uh, like we've already talked about UCO and UNLV, Missouri state. Um, you know, it sure does seem like they, they get a couple of new people every year. Um, scoring wise, Utah was a nice surprise. Uh, last year, especially at the beginning of the season, they kind of uh, faded at the end of the season due to depth issues. But it's my understanding they've they've addressed those depth issues. And then uh, U of A and Arizona State, uh, you know, U of A's been adding some. Uh, you know, their defense wasn't the problem last year; it was their offense. They need to. Yeah, I was going to say if they can if they can figure out how to score goals over there, they'll, yeah. they'll be way better off, right? And in in the big news that I'm hearing from everybody is that ASU and uh, and Grand Canyon have both uh, vastly improved. I think Arizona State could could you know shock a lot of people. I know that there's a wizard in Ohio, all all hat, no cape, who's going to you know poo 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 and pshaw and <laughs> you know use that that one statement as once again evidence that I'm uh, in, in love with Arizona State. But, but I mean, uh, you know, we all we all know the truth. So. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I've I've just heard their their recruiting this year has been uh, just top notch, and that they're going to surprise a lot of people. So uh, I that that western side of the conference is going to be a I think it's going to be a killer. It's going to be a gauntlet over there. Good. So Good. yeah, and then we'll see. You know, Colorado State is is is. Uh, I've heard they've got some uh, some folks have been impressed with the additional names I've got there. Benny Toller's team at Colorado, you know, they played hard. They gave people a run for their money, and then uh, Oklahoma's going to have a little change of scenery in turn, or I shouldn't say scenery, but well, they will have a change of scenery with a new rink. But they'll also have a change in leadership in terms of their culture. So uh, yeah, I think you know, if, I think with Oklahoma, it's kind of you know, it, this is going to sound redundant, but you know their path is kind of in their hands, you know, if, if the kids buy into what Peter is, is coaching and none of these kids know Pete. So there's no leftover opinions there. You know, if, if these kids will buy into what he's preaching and move forward, they'll be all right. Cause, cause we both know that Pete can coach and he's done a decent job and a good job in years past for Oklahoma. Right. Yep. It's, you know, it's if the prisoners try to run the asylum, 
I don't think we'll see much difference in their standings. But if they buy in and follow what Pete's preaching, I think they might shock a few people and and turn some heads. You know, we'll, well see. Look at you. Look at you. All right, Andrew, how, give us some final four predictions. Who are going to be the last four teams standing in Marlboro, Mass. Uh, in March of 2023, while you and I, while I have fried clams and a lobster roll, and while Ugh. you're sitting there with an Italian grinder in your hand, Ugh. what is it? Who are the four teams are going to be watching in the semifinals uh, up at uh, Nationals? I am going to say the final four is going to be Liberty. Liberty. I'm writing this Liberty. down for posterity's sake. Liberty. Yes, sir. Followed up by Why Not, Why Not. Minot State, okay. Followed closely behind with UNLV. Yes. And finishing out the fourth is going to be University of Central Oklahoma. So Liberty, Minot State, UNLV, and UCO. Andrew, I'm not going to put you on the spot to ask you for a champion. I only asked you for your final four predictions. So you're going to take Liberty, Minot, UNLV, and UCO. That's what I got. Very good. All right, here you go. Are you ready for mine? I am. I'm, I'm going to have I'm going to have three of the same four because <laughs> I'll have UCO, UNLV, and Liberty in there. But my fourth one will surprise you. Oh boy! Yep. Get ready. Hold on to your underwear. <laughs> Stony Brook. Stony Brook. Yep. I'm going to say Stony Brook. Oh. So only because they're not going to have to travel too far. And you know what? Stony Brook seems sometimes they get it and sometimes they don't. And I think this season I got a sense that they're going to try to surprise some folks. There you go. So I'll have UNLV, UCO in there. Hopefully it'll be UNLV versus UCO for the national championship. Um, But uh, we'll have, I have Liberty, UNLV, UCO, and Stony Brook. You have Liberty, UNLV, UCO, and Minot State. I, I think it's hard to uh, I think it's hard to argue against why not my not. Yeah, well, you know what they 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 kind of ran into a buzzsaw with Ohio this past season, and so got bumped for the first time and uh, in the first round at nationals. And you know they were leading the cry there for a little bit to change the nationals <laughs> format, which I thought was pretty rich. But uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Andrew, we've already played games. Can you believe it? Oh. The men's Division One started playing games on September the 9th, and it involved a WCHL team. It involved the Oklahoma Sooners. They hosted the University of Alabama at their new rink, uh, Arctic Edge Ice Arena, on Friday and Saturday. Friday saw a uh, uh, saw the game actually went into – we got more than we bargained for. It went into extra innings, if you will. They went to uh, overtime and then a shootout. And Alabama prevailed in the shootout to win the game four to three, and then uh, Oklahoma got them back the next day by beating them on Saturday three to two. Yep. Um, anything stand out to you um, uh, about the games at all? You know what the big thing, and it's something that I have beat this dead horse to a pulp over the over the years of talking on the podcast here and all that. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma zero for nine on the weekend on the power play. Yeah. You know, that's, we talk about it, and at this level, that's that's how you win games, right? That's how you win games, that's how you lose games. And what was Alabama on the power play on Friday night? 
They were three for six on Friday night, and then they were one for two on Saturday. Mm-hmm. All three goals were scored on the power play. Yep. The um, I tell you what, Oklahoma uh, jumped out on Friday night, scored like forty eight seconds into the game, and you're like, it was one shot, one goal. And you're like, holy smokes, here we go. This is going to be yeah. a route, and, and then, it didn't turn out. out that way. Yeah, they uh, they had a two to one lead after one, and then. Um, uh, then the penalty bug hit them, and they—I uh, I don't know if they just went in feeling, uh, you know, ten feet tall and bulletproof, and at the first intermission or what. But they came back out and just took a lot of penalties, and the penalties that put them down five on three at least two separate times. Yeah, well, and it's penalties that, as you know, on the coaching side of it, it makes you pull your hair out because it's what they have three or four tripping penalties. Yeah, and on Friday night, you know what, Andrew? They've got, and I'll tell you what. I mean, in their defense, there was one call that was. And I'm not gonna. This is not me complaining about the officials, but in the very first game of the year, one of the calls, the delay of game call, was yeah. on those was on that face off thing. You know where and before they would just kick you out of if you, you know, put your yeah. stick down or you dilly dallied around. If you tried to get the advantage, the linesman had the opportunity to just kick you out. Yeah. Now they give you a warning. And if you do it a second time, it's a delay a game. Ugh. That's what happened. And next thing you know, Oklahoma's on the kill. And they're trying to figure out why did we get called for this? You know, and what's going on? And it was, uh, I, I, you know, penalties are penalties, whether they're in the first minute of the game or the last minute of the season. I get that. Yeah, but I, I just kind of went. Oh, I groaned a little bit when I saw that one call, and I was like, "You come on, just tell you know, drop the freaking puck, would you?" Yeah, just drop it and go. Right? Yeah, I mean, the, let's. Yeah. And if the guy's ready, if he's taking advantage, if he loses the draw, then so what? You know, that's. Anyways, um, yeah. they took too many, way too many penalties in the second period. Um, that allowed them to uh, uh, that allowed Alabama back in the game. It was three to three going into the third. Nobody scored in the third, and you know by then everybody's tired. So yeah, yeah. it was uh, there was some Alabama actually hit the post um, in the uh, in the third period. So they they were Alabama was doing a good job of moving the uh, Oklahoma goaltender side to side, and um, they you know, to try to create some open net opportunities. And they yeah. rang the post in the third. They almost had it. I was begging for somebody to score because <laughs> I was ready to go home. Yeah. And uh, anyways, uh, Alabama prevailed. They won. They both shots they took in the second in the uh, shootout. They, they won. Oklahoma missed both shots. Four to three was the Alabama win. And then the next night, Oklahoma got them back. Three to two. Yep. How about that? So, yeah, pretty good. And, uh, so uh, Alabama splits now uh, coming up. We have uh, we have three games or three series involving Western Collegiate Hockey League teams. Uh, Missouri State, the Ice Bears, start their season. They go to Bloomington, Illinois, to the Grossinger Motors Arena to play Illinois State, the Redbirds of my B conference. Um, Andrew, what do you think is going to happen there? Mo State versus Illinois State. I I am going to say that after the way Missouri State ended the season last year, that Coach Law and Coach Cook up there have been chomping at the bits to get back at it. Yeah. And I am going to say Illinois State is going to have a freight train coming through their arena named Missouri State. 
So you're 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 calling for a Missouri State sweep. I am calling for a Missouri State sweep. I think it's going to be a tougher series than people expect. I think you Illinois think so? Illinois State I think is an up and coming team. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if. Well, this is going to, I gave you grief for taking the easy way out. This will, you can give me grief. I wouldn't be surprised if Illinois State sweeps them. I wouldn't be surprised if Missouri State sweeps them. I would really more than likely expect a split more than anything. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I'm just going off. My thought process here is we've, we've talked to Coach Cook and Coach Law and all that, and yeah. the feelings that the way the season ended last year is not how they wanted it, right? So. Yeah, yeah, but hey, remember Coach Cook is the one who had Missouri State winning it all last year, right? Uh, you know, yeah, so Homer. yeah, we got to give Coach Cook a hard time. He yeah, he's one uh, of our he's one of our fourteen listeners, so we appreciate him listening. But yeah, I don't know that we're going to ask him back to the prognostication table just yeah. yet. What a what a Homer! Holy <laughs> jeez! Hey, Oklahoma, um, this is this is a series that you set up because you created this uh, nice little relationship with the folks at Waldorf. Oklahoma travels to Waldorf again, uh, A conference versus B conference. Um, Waldorf is actually in, I think they're in Forest City, Iowa. Yeah, and then they play in Albert Lee, Minnesota. They play in Albert Lee, Minnesota, which right is, across the border. Yeah, forty. If I remember right, it's the they told me it's like a. 40 minute, 35, 40 minute drive from the campus to the arena. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, they're going to the home of hockey if they're going up to uh, Minnesota. So oh. Oklahoma versus Waldorf. Waldorf is coming off of two exhibition wins versus junior teams. Do you have to, uh, when you, when you cross the Minnesota state line, do you have to like stop and like brush the bottom of your shoes off and all that before you cross over into the, into Minnesota or what? I, I think you do. I think you do. You have, <laughs> have to make sure that, uh, that everything is pristine when you walk in yeah. and you're not bringing any, just like in California when they make sure you're not bringing any plants or animals in Yeah, you know, in Minnesota, they want to make sure you're not bringing any, uh, detritus or, uh, you know, dirt or sludge or, uh, you know, yeah. any, anything that will, um, yeah. sully their pristine snow packed image. Yeah. Maybe, maybe curtsy as you're walking off the bus to pay your homage to them. You know? <laughs> that's, that's in Iowa. You do, you curtsy <laughs> yeah. in Iowa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Oklahoma at Waldorf. What do you think? I'm going to call a split here really? on this one. All right. I am. I am. Waldorf is uh, another up and coming team. I don't think they're going to be uh, uh, as, uh, I, I, they'll have an opportunity to be as good as Illinois State, but um, it's a smaller school, whereas Illinois State is a gigantic public school. So, um, Waldorf is getting better, and I think it'll be a good little series between Oklahoma and Waldorf. The nice thing is, it'll be on live on TV. We'll be able to watch it. Yeah, I think it'll be. I think that'll be a good little series. The uh, yeah, I think home game. I think they'll give them run for their money. And then the uh, last series, the University of Colorado, fresh off a uh, successful alumni weekend, is uh, where they they had a nice golf tournament, and they looked like they had about uh, uh, 75, 80 kids coming out for alumni weekend. Um, they're going to take, they kick their season off by taking on division two Metro state of Denver. So the road runners from Metro state, and they're going to play a home and home. The Friday night game will be in Boulder. The Saturday night game will be in Denver, which is like what, 10 minutes away. Metro state is more of a community college, um, uh, there in, uh, in the Denver area. I remember I had to. There was one year when I was doing depositions in Denver, and here, here I'm going to allow me to uh, humble brag really quick. Um, 
because it was in, in I'll, I'll get to, there's a hockey bit to this, but I was staying at the Brown palace. My uh, depositions were in the quest tower and uh, my depositions got over early and I walked along Colfax Avenue, which I thought was going to be like a block or two from the Brown <laughs> palace to McNichols arena um, to see the Colorado avalanche and the Detroit red wings uh, take on one another. And it was, uh, that was the first of many games I saw. I spent, Oh, how many weeks did I spend in Denver that year? I, that was a gigantic case that I was involved in. I must've been up there for like four, four weeks, all not, not consecutively, but in separate times. Yeah. And I got to see, uh, the Avs. That was when they were building the Pepsi center, which is now the ball center. So I would, in my clients weren't necessarily the, uh, the, the, targets of the deposition so i was just kind of there to monitor to make sure if my name my client's name came up i you know i would say hey hey hey, wait a second hey, i'd hey, wake up step in here for a second <laughs> um <laughs> you know there, there were other people that were in the uh, ahead they were uh, i i was not the first person in line to get shot right i was like third or yeah. fourth yeah. so the bullet was going to have to be really strong to get to me uh, anyways um uh i remember uh watching sitting you know in the deposition room on the quest tower uh, you know, watching the Pepsi Center get built, listening to some poor guy talk about oil and gas. Anyways, yeah. uh, so I get to see like a couple of games versus the Calgary Flames, and then, uh, but the big one was the Red Wings, and oh my gosh, this was back in the Claude Lemieux, Patrick Waugh, yes. the hatred it, days. Yes, that was that was a great series back in the day. It was before the infamous hit with uh, Chris Draper, but it was they still hated one another at that time. Yep, yep. So. Uh, yeah, they're both kind of up and coming, right? Yes, the, but uh, the reason I brought it up is because on my long walk, on this two-block walk that I thought was only two blocks, it was more like two miles, <laughs> in the snow along Colfax Avenue, I had to walk past Metro State University, um, which is nothing more than a you know, a glorified community college. Yeah, a couple um, office buildings and call it good. Yeah, a lot of bus stops, that sort of thing. So, uh, anyways, D2 Metro State versus Colorado. How do you see that one shaking out? The, uh, I'm going to say Colorado on this one all the way. Yeah, I, I, ho- I hope so. I hope so. so. We'll see, though. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of talented hockey players in, in the Denver area. So, yeah. you know, who knows? I mean, Metro State, they might have some kids that are just going to school that can play some hockey. So, yeah, kinda, I don't know. We'll a, see. Could be a bear trap these guys are walking into, you know? Could you be. Know. Could be. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, that's that's fun. So, okay, Missouri State, Illinois State. You say Missouri State's going to take care of Illinois State and sweep them. You're calling for a split, Oklahoma and Waldorf, and you're saying CU will take care of Metro State in that home-and-home weekend. That's what I think. Hopefully they will not have to walk in the snow like I had to. to The (laughs) McNichols Arena is no longer there. I mean, it was crazy. Mile High Stadium was... uh, was was there, but they were building the new Mile High at the same time, and they were building McNichols was there, but they were building the new Pepsi Center, and Denver was uh, heck. They were coming off the Broncos' victory with John Elway too in the Super Bowl. I remember that because there was one of these buildings I had to walk in that had like a must have been like a twenty story banner of John Elway on the side of the building. Oh, just what just what you want to see, right? Oh yeah, I mean he had gigantic horse teeth to begin with, but imagine those <laughs> things—you know, yeah. twenty stories yeah. wide or twenty yeah, stories tall. 
No, his teeth were two stories tall. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Hey, uh, anything else uh, that we've we've talked enough hockey? And let me look at the calendar. Oh, hey, we've gone a minute and ten, uh, an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, um, look at us. You got anything else you want to talk about? If oh, anything interesting you did this summer? The uh, you know what my my summer has been pretty mundane. I cannot. I, well, we say it's been mundane, right? <laughs> I, I've had a, I've had a very interesting summer and off season, but yeah. uh, not really for anything good. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been uh, it's been a stressful off season for for no doubt about that. Yeah, the uh, for sure the uh, dog dog injuries. Lots of lots of vet bills being paid out of Andrew's house this summer. The uh, you had a dog that went from four legs down to three. We had a yeah. We had a dog that broke her legs severely and to the point of irreparable. So that was that was stressful. The uh, had a potential relocation to another city pop up that added some some stress into our lives and all that. And, and here we are on the flip side. <laughs> oh, now you're stuck talking to me. Well, Hey, um, we let's, I want to bring up two things. Um, first it's very important. There's a referee that was, uh, injured over the summer. Um, his name is chip XL. And for the folks that would play the games down here in, um, in the Oklahoma and the Arkansas area, chip was well-known. Uh, he was involved in a in a motorcycle accident, and a car came out of nowhere and basically broadsided him while he was on a uh, while he was on a motorcycle, and it required the amputation of his. I believe it was his left leg below the yes, knee. Seth. Yeah, I think it's left, right. I'm I'm trying trying to think of how I no, it's it was his right. Yeah, it was right because I'm trying to think of how I looked at it the other day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was his right leg below below, below the knee. And um, anyways, uh, Chip is in uh, great spirits. He was at the Oklahoma Alabama hockey games. He's uh, gonna still be continued uh, to be a presence within the ACHA and within the Western Collegiate Hockey League. And uh, while he won't be on the ice this year, um, he's got a great attitude, and I'm not gonna be surprised if he's. Uh, if Chip isn't on the ice uh, helping us next year, yeah, yeah, no, he's, yeah, Chip's a Chip's a great guy. The uh, no bones about that, right? You can't argue that fact whatsoever. Nope. And uh, you know, I'm I'm glad to see. You know, there was a little while there, is a little touch and go for him, and uh, I'm glad to see he's made a full recovery and back on the path to uh, to living a normal life again. He's, uh, yeah, he's got a prosthetic leg, um, or prosthetic foot, I guess, if it, it should be, whatever the, whatever you call it from, you know, below the knee down. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's, you know, slowly getting a lot of strength back, um, where, you know, he's still on crutches, but he's, you know, no longer in a wheelchair and, um, uh, he's able to get out and, you know, do the crazy things that, uh, that Chip is known <laughs> for doing in terms of lifting. He was always buff and. Now even more so. I don't think uh, every day is leg day now for him. So uh, it's uh, anyways. It was great to see him, and there was a GoFundMe set up for him. I, I will retweet that on the um, uh, WCHL Pod Twitter account. So if you um, are so inclined, um, you know, feel free to you know chip in a buck or two. Every little bit helps. 
but he's um, the hockey community. I can tell you, really, really rallied around Chip, and um, I know that a lot of folks donated uh, to him through the GoFundMe. I know that a couple of teams put together uh, supportive videos for him, yep. and I know that uh, you know we always talk on this podcast. Even though you and I, Andrew, we're not hockey guys whatsoever, <laughs> yeah. we always talk about hockey being a very small community. And that was never so evident when Chip went down and when he was injured because uh, uh, the the support and the comments and the love and the inquiries came from all over the United States, not just here yeah. in the Oklahoma, Arkansas area, where we were immediately impacted. Uh, it came from as far as the West Coast in California and Arizona, came as far as the East Coast in Philly and New Jersey. Came up from Michigan, up in uh, Farmington Hills, uh, even some folks down in Florida. And uh, so, I mean, it was, you know, it, Chip was well-known in the hockey community is small, and it was good to see everybody kind of circle the wagons uh, in support of a great guy. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the thing you can say about the hockey community is when something happens, they they rally together, right? Yep. And it's it's good to see. It's fun to watch when stuff like that when you watch a group of people that, you know, we, you know, and you've been on this side of it where, you know, you want to fight and claw and, and beat the crap out of each other. And then when you're off the ice, you're, it's a community again. Right. And you, and, it, and you're all fighting for the same cause. And when something like this happens, it's cool to see the way people come together and how they react and, and carry themselves. Yep. Yep. It absolutely was. And it was good to see that, uh, People didn't uh, give Chip, uh, uh, they didn't cut him any slack. They haven't, uh, you know, it's the same Chip. And, and it's good, you know, you have you have a choice when something terrible like that happens to you, right? You can get yourself down in the dumps and yep. go to some dark places, or you can sit there and see it as a challenge and move on. And Chip has fully accepted the challenge. And it's, uh, it was, it was, it's been great to see over the, uh, since this terrible accident happened, it's been great to see him and his mindset. It's uh not going to say it's inspiring because that's sappy um but it's uh it's been great to see how about that yep. so uh hey oh uh, two other things and then I'll, I'll i'll get out of here um uh, you know this the chips accident was was bad news i want to acknowledge uh some other bad news and it was from a family that i'm you know fairly close to um or at least i like to think i am i'm probably not as good a friend as i ought to be but um, their Arizona uh, Wildcat family lost a uh, lost a, a, a tremendous supporter, uh, Joe Bunza. Um, if you've ever been to an Ice Cats game, there's a group of folks that sit down uh, close to the glass, and um, they're loud and they're obnoxious, and they give the finger to people, and <laughs> they uh, they're obscene, and they support the Arizona Wildcats as much as they possibly can and they have hearts of gold and um, they would drive all over they would drive and fly all over the uh, Western Collegiate Hockey League and uh, just over the ACHA to Nationals over the past few years I would run into uh, the Bunzes here in Oklahoma in Colorado obviously down in Arizona uh, they came to Nationals whether it was in Chicago St. Louis Ohio Dallas they were there and uh, Joe uh, Bunza was the patriarch, the uh, the father of uh, the husband of Jackie, and the wife, uh, the father of uh, Joanne, and the uh, 
I guess the father-in-law for Jamie. And, uh, and he passed away recently, and it was um, uh, a sad day uh, because he loved Arizona Wildcat hockey. And it's just, I, I miss him, and uh, I feel for his wife, Jackie, and for his daughter, Joanne, and for his son-in-law, um, Jamie. Even though Jamie's deaf and can't hear this, I, I still feel for him. And uh, feel for the uh, those knuckleheads in the front row at the TCC. They're going to be without uh, one loud, uh, old, gray-bearded fellow who was just giving the other team and the referees all sorts of hell. Yeah, probably, probably you have more memories and, and have more run-ins than I do with them. But probably the best memory I've got of the Bunzes is standing in Arctic Edge. Yep. They'd come in for – they were it was Arizona State UCO um, – I think OU was playing Arizona um, earlier in the day. So they were at the rink watching Arizona State play. And afterwards, they, uh, we, you and I were standing there with uh, Coach Powers from Arizona State. And I don't remember who the two assistant coaches were at the time. Um, but the Bunzes were just ripping on Coach Powers and Arizona State and, you know, just giving them an earful, not knowing that they were talking to coach powers of arizona state do you remember that oh absolutely i do he was in he was in street he he was in street clothes so he wasn't in his suit and his uh in his vest and they were just mfing him to death (laughs) and they couldn't stand asu and they're all dirty and whatever and he was there in his his little you know his sweats and a ball cap and he just kind of lifted the ball cap up a little bit and stepped forward and said hey i'm greg powers and they (laughs) I mean, their hearts oh, stopped, and it was awesome. Oh, it was great! It was glorious. It was glorious. And, and, and the and the great thing was, they they have found a new respect for Greg, and yep. I think Greg uh, he he might begrudgingly admit it. Who knows? I think I know he I know he loved every second of that. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, you know, I I got a I, I, you know I don't know that he was a, a fan of some of their. Uh, some of their uh, techniques and some of the uh, uh, gestures and some of their sayings that they would give, uh, to, especially to his ASU folks. But he, I think he understood and appreciated their passion and their love for uh, yeah, I was gonna say, the you, game and you, the you, university. And no matter, no matter where you go and you run into people like that, you got to appreciate their passion, right? Their tune changed 180 degrees <laughs> once they met him, though. That was awesome. Oh, that was fantastic! Yeah, they were just giving it to him, and they had no clue it was him right there. We, yeah, I, we, Greg, Greg, and I looked at each other. We gave each other some eyes, and we were like, "Are you? Are we going to tell him? Who's going to tell him?" Uh, I don't remember who the two assistants were, but they were in the back, like, "Oh my, yeah, what is, what is going on right now?" Oh, we were. Uh, that was wild. Hey, uh, one, one one last thing. Let's let's get out of here, Andrew. You know, uh, over the summer, I had uh, the pleasure of uh attending a concert with my lovely daughter cam the ram oh yes yes i had to travel up to tulsa oklahoma to the canes ballroom to see the band camino Mm. and two other bands one the which which was terrible um called ren for short um, it was some girl who just basically whispered on stage for 20 minutes but the (laughs) other one was this fat guy out of uh he's out of california and uh but he's from the miami area and he's got a it's it's uh he goes by the or his band goes by the name of games we play and he plays just pop punk you know fuel by ramen label type stuff you know uh, anyways it was it was a lot of fun 
Um, I, you know, I was not there for the, I mean, the band Camino put on a good show. Um, and, uh, and, and like I said, Ren for short, I could take it or leave it. I didn't care. But Andrew, this kid games, we play, his name is Emin something or other. Anyway, and he's a TikTok superstar. I know nothing about TikTok other than the bing bong business that we talked about earlier. Um, and his, his wife is another TikTok superstar. Uh, but he's put out some some crazy stuff in here. Just hold on. Can, I don't know if you can hear that. Nope. Can't hear that at all? No, nope. got nothing. Oh, man, I'll have to find a way. Here, you know what? I'm going to find it here on my other thing. I was afraid this was going to happen. You can't play it right off of your... Uh, Right off of your telephone. Um, I'm going to have to make sure I get the right song on this thing because there's one that's explicit. It's like the F-bomb <laughs> is right off, off the jump. Here, let's see. Can you hear this? Yep. Yeah. This is called I Hope You're Happy. I guess now we're done. Oh, yeah, we're through. I've been selling skateboards, but he's building rockets to the all right that's about that's about the most i can go in without fear of him throwing an f-bomb in there um sounds like the uh, early 2000s band uh, bowling for soup there's there's no doubt about it it's a lot of pop punk it's like blink 182 some 41 yeah. um a lot of you know fallout boy type stuff um, he's got a, he's got a, he put out a, an EP. It's available now. Uh, it's called get a job. And Andrew, I think of you every time I play that song because it's get a effing job. Um, <laughs> yeah. but then it's, uh, he's, he's one of the, one of the songs is about meeting a girlfriend. It's called sync girlfriend. And it's about how he was so nervous that, you know, he ended up sharding. And, uh, <laughs> but he ended up, uh, you know, she stuck with him. And so it's a cute little turn, a uh, cute little tune. And there's another one that's just called deadbeat. You know, he says, I'm a deadbeat baby. Anyways, pop punky stuff. And, um, again, you know, my daughter was, uh, Cam the Ram was all in for the band Camino, got to meet them, got to take pictures, all that kind of jazz. I'm, you know, who knows what shenanigans went on backstage. I don't want to know. I'm, uh, but this, this guy was crazy and, I, at first, I'm sitting there going, what the heck is going on? And then afterwards, a lot of catchy junk. And so uh, I am officially on the uh, bandwagon. The I'm officially on for games we play. So I, if, I haven't seen you all summer. Should I be worried about you? <laughs> I, I do not have. You, you might. You might have to worry about me. Um, I'm probably bigger than, uh, bigger than expected. Uh, I think I've ballooned. I'm like that... Uh, like that uh, Violet from uh, Willy Wonka. You know, I'm just, I keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed this stuff. It's, uh, anyways, it, it was some fun tunes, and I, I've enjoyed listening to it. And, uh, you know, so I'll just leave it at that. And now I know I can't go. play I can't play tunes off of uh, off of iTunes, on the, on the phone at least. Oh, boy. You know what else is, you know what else is pretty good? Um, yeah, I'm just going to drop it. Okay. I'm going to say it and then we can leave it. Lizzo's album is pretty darn good. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yep. And there's a rock and roll three sisters out of uh, Monterey, Mexico. They have a band called the warning and it's great. And then, uh, there's a band out of uh, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada called monster truck. Uh, they've got a new album coming out, but uh, monster truck is, uh, 
They love hockey Monster. and they're great. Monster Truck is old school in your face rock and roll. I can agree with that one. Yeah, now they did a song recently with uh, Kid Rock that's very politically charged. I'm not necessarily a fan of, but uh, if you take the politics out of that stupid song and uh, just focus on the rest of their old school, it's a trio, and man, they get down to business. Yeah, they're they're good for they're, sure. They're great. They're uh, boy, if the, if you're looking for an album of theirs. I would uh, pick up Furiosity and, uh, and, uh, yeah, anyways. Um, so there we go. So Andrew, I think I've said more than enough. Uh, unless you have something, do you have any musical or a book? I'm sure you have, I mean, you're, you've probably been reading an awful lot of books here over the summer, right? Well, I've had a lot of time on my hands, so I've really caught up on my reading here. Yeah. So that's what I thought, you know, Clifford, the, uh, the big red dog. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. uh, you know, the, the fundamentals, you know, <laughs> fun to be mental, more like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Mu- music wise, I will tell you, I am I am not a huge fan of it. My my nine year old daughter sings it about six hours a day when we're around her when she's not in school. Yeah, I don't know how much of the America's Got Talent TV show that you watch. Zero. Oh my god, there is a. You'll have to look it up. There is a guy on there. He's he has since been voted off. Thank God. His name is Ben Lapidus. L e p i d u s. I believe is how you spell his last name. Sounds kind of sexual. He, <laughs> if you have brains like you and I, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, um, he has a song called "I Want More Parmesan." Oh God! And it is catchy. It's got a good little beat to it. And he's, he is passionate about singing this song and, and my daughter, the nine-year-old wizard that she is fell in love with this song and I have to hear it constantly now. (laughs) So I, I will give it up to him. It is catchy. I, I will not sing it. I refuse to sing it. The, uh, but I do know every time I walk into a Italian restaurant now, that my nine-year-old is behind me screaming, I want more Parmesan. I'm, <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. So, yeah. I love it. Hey, you know what? That deserves a little I want Parmesan gets the rap horn as we close out uh, of here, huh? That's right. <laughs> Jeez. All right. What, what, the, what did you say that guy's name was? Lapinus? What? <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I've gone there a few times, but you know. Oh, well, I, I, I don't want to get into your personal life there, Andrew. So. The, 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 nine, the nine-year-old loves it, so hey. <laughs> it, I want more Parmesan. Oh, oh. All right. Hey, uh, we just want to, we've gone, we've run almost an hour and a half. Andrew, I got to thank you. Thanks for getting back on the, uh, on the horse here. I'm I'm looking forward to doing this uh, week in and week out. We might give you a break every now and then and get some other folks on. Um, but, uh, let's, you know, Hey, the, the Western collegiate league is, is here. It's back for another season. And uh, I can't believe this is our seventh season of this terrible, crappy podcast. Uh, but I want to thank you for, for being a part of that now. This is, yeah. I think, your fifth year. Is it fifth? I was trying to think. Is it four or five? F- I think it's five. I think I did two with Linda what? Donnelly, and then I think I did, uh, I think we're starting our fifth. Yeah, because I, I got my new podcasting studio in May of 2019, yeah, right? Yeah. And then I did one season, or did I do two seasons at the in the? Remember, I used to have to do it in the, uh, in the basement, laundry room. Right? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I used to have to do it in the laundry room at the uh, at the old place. Yeah, so this would be four or five. Yeah, there we go. 
All right. Well, hey, uh, we want to thank uh, Andrew for for coming back, even though you're no longer affiliated with any teams, and now you can you can offer us your unvarnished opinion. Ooh. You're not restrained by anything. So. Oh. Here we go. Yeah, Katie get, bar the door. Get ready. Um, we want to thank everybody for listening, all 11 listeners out of Springfield and the other four from uh, around the uh, rest of the uh, Western Collegiate Hockey League. Uh, we can't thank you enough uh, for listening to this terrible podcast. We look forward to bringing the podcast to you uh, at least on a, uh, on a weekly basis through, the, uh, through this upcoming season. And hopefully we'll have some surprises. Hopefully we'll have a, a few more sounds. We won't be stuck just totally with, uh, you know, dumb Jetson sounds. <laughs> but uh, maybe I'll, I'll come up with some more stuff. But we want to get some more toys and some more quotes and some more stuff. Uh, we'll get some player interviews, some coaches stuff. Maybe we can get Peter on. And uh, let's see what, what in the world brought him back to Oklahoma. <laughs> you know, how much, how much did they uh, have to beat him over the head? <laughs> yeah. uh, to to come back and then uh yeah let's see how this season plays out follow the western collegiate hockey league on twitter at western chl it's also at westernchl.com i understand we're from the folks at utah that are helping me out we should have a new website uh fairly soon <clears throat> we'll see um <coughs> yeah andrew <laughs> andrew is on twitter at is it still stickford am or have you changed it no, I think it's still the same. I'm never on there. Okay, there you go. So follow him on Twitter. He'll never post anything. Um, I'm on Twitter at CJP in OKLA. And uh, the WCHL podcast is on there on Twitter as well at WCHL pod. We look forward to, uh, if, you, if you're so inclined, give us a nice little ranking. Give us a nice little rating. Five stars, thumbs up, whatever it is on your podcast listening software where you can give us a nice little ranking. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to getting uh, getting going here. You know, I was kind of yeah. dreading doing this first one because I was like, oh, I can't believe it's here. Yeah, it's like, oh, here we go again. But I'm right. telling you what, an hour and 33 minutes has gone by and it's just flown by. Yep. So, all right, Andrew, I'm going to hit the magic button, and I hope I hit the right one. Get us out of here. All right. Everybody, be safe out there. Take care of each other. Don't do anything dumb like what we would do. We'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>